Please rise for the reading of God's Word. We are in the book, we're going to be in the book of 1 John this morning. 1 John 1, 1 4, but we're going to be reading 1 through 10. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifest, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all righteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. All right, you can be seated. And let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much, Lord, for this opportunity. I... uh, just, I'm so thankful, Lord, for this church, thankful for the brothers and sisters. I pray that you would uh, uh, receive our worship this morning and help me to deliver your word for your honor and your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to be talking about 1 John 1-4 this morning, and I'm calling this sermon Completed Joy. Completed Joy. Um, this joy... It is a fellowship that has to do with fellowship with the Father and Son. That makes the life of a Christian full of joy. This joy, His joy, is to become ours. It remains in us. Our joy is to be full by His joy being filled in us. Um, let's, let's turn to John 15. John 15, 9 through 17. This is kind of like a, another verse that has to do with this. Let's see here. All right, John 15, 9 through 17. Here it is. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my, my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my Father, 
I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that, that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. Sounds familiar, huh? Uh, let's go to John 16, 16 through 24. John 16, 16 through 24. A little while and you will see me, and again a little while you will see me, because I go to the Father. Then some of his disciples said among themselves, This is what that this is that he says to us, a little while, and you will not see me. And again, a little while, and you will see me, and because I will go to the Father. They said, therefore, what is this that he says a little while? We do not know what he is saying. Now Jesus knew that they desired to ask him, and he said to them, Are you inquiring amongst yourselves about what I said? A little while, and you will see me. Most assuredly, I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice and you will be sorrowful, but your sorrowful will be, your, I'm sorry, your sorrow will be turned to joy. A woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come, but as soon as she give, given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Therefore, you know I'm sorry, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. And in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until you have asked nothing in my name, ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. John 17, 13. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the, in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Um, 2 John 12. 2 John 12. Having many things to write to you, I did not wish to do so with paper and ink. But I hope to come to you and speak face to face that your joy may be full. Uh, third, third John 3 through 4. Third John 3 through 4. For I rejoiced greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. And then finally, one of the favorites that I have is uh, Psalm 1611. Psalm 1611. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At the right hand are pleasures forever. So let's look at a couple definitions of joy that the world says. Uh, Miriam's, Miriam Webster's dictionary definition says the emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, or by the prospect of possessing what one desires. That's the world's definition. 
uh, I googled it. I googled joy, and Google says a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. Um, Strong's Concordance says that joy comes from the word kara, from cheerfulness, i.e., calm, delight, gladness, being exceedingly joyful. I really like that calm, delight. That's that's how you're to be joyful. It's not a like a over. You know, you've ran into people like that before where it's like a, you kind of tell they're fake. So they're, they're forcing their, their joy on you kind of in a way. Uh, this is a calm delight. It's a, it's a resting in Christ. Uh, the Baptist Confession of Faith, 1689, under uh, section 17, which we will probably get to in a couple of years, right? The Perseverance of the Saints. Uh, their persistence or steadfast continuance in the state of grace under number one. Those whom God has accepted in the beloved, the Lord Jesus, uh, sorry, the Lord Jesus and is effectually called and those whom God has accepted in the beloved Lord Jesus, I'm sorry, I read it again, sanctified by his spirit and has given the precious faith of his elect can neither totally, completely or finally fall from the state of grace. That should bring a lot of joy, but they will certainly persevere, definitely persist in the state to the end and be eternally saved. This is because the gifts, the calling of God are without repentance. So God's not going to repent of that. He will never change his mind on saving you. More joy. Um, And therefore, he continues to create and nourish in us faith, repentance, love, joy, hope, and all the graces of the Spirit, which lead them to immortality. So all these things should be evidence in your life and this is going to end in ultimately in glorification. Uh, the Baptist Confession goes on in number 18, assurance of salvation. Under number 3, 18.3, this infallible assurance is not so joined to the assess, uh, essence of faith that is an automatic, inevitable experience. A true believer may wait long and fight with many difficulties uh, before the... Uh, Sorry, before, before he becomes a partaker of it, yet being able by the Spirit, so that's how you do it, to know the things which are freely given uh, to him by God, he may without extraordinary revelation attain this assurance by using the means of grace, which we were talking about in uh, uh, Thursday night group for a couple weeks. Uh, therefore, it is a duty of everyone to give the utmost diligence to make his calling in election sure so that his heart may be enlarged, enlarged in peace and joy in the Holy Spirit and love and thankfulness to God and in strength and cheerfulness for carrying out the the duties of obedience. These duties are natural fruits of assurance, and it is far from inclining men to slackness. So let's look back at 1 John. 1 John 1. 1 through 4. First John 1 through 4. And um, I've, been, I've been in the book of 1 John for a long time. It's, 1 John was written for the Christian, that we can know that we are Christians. In the book of 1 John, it's, it's said, known. 40 times. So you can know that you're a Christian. That should bring us joy. 
should bring you joy just by reading 1 John. Uh, 1 John, and I, and I imagine when John wrote this, that he was, the way he was explaining these first four verses, he was really joyful about it. He wasn't just like that which was from the beginning, which we... No, he's trying to explain to people that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with, with our eyes, which we have looked upon, which we have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifest. And we have seen and bear witness and declare to you eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifest to us. We saw him. That which we have seen again, he says it again, and heard and we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Um, it reminded me of a story that uh, uh, was probably 2005, six, I think, back in Orlando. And Pastor Rick's heard this story numerous times. And I think Keith probably remembers it. Uh, we were renting a school out before we got a building. And um, there was a, a guy that visited the church, and he was calling himself a ghetto preacher. A ghetto preacher. And this guy was very upset through the whole service. And um, the pastor at the time asked me to grab a couple brothers and escort this guy out quietly after the service, not to, you know, cause any problems. And so we, we get him outside, uh, finally, you know, trying to talk to him, reason with him, slowly kind of pushing him nicely outside. And we get out there, and what I did was I grabbed one of my closest brothers that was closest to me right here, and he happened to be a really short brother. And this, the ghetto preacher was probably like, seemed like eight feet tall. I don't know. And so we get him outside, and there was another brother with us. And uh, uh, I'm trying to talk to him, reason with him. And he looks at the, the little brother, and he says, what are you smiling at? Wipe that smile off your face. And the, the little brother goes, I can't. I can't wipe the smile off my face. That's, 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 and I always think of that when I think of joy. It's like, you can't wipe it off your face. It's not a fake thing. It's, 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 uh, done by the Spirit in us. So, um, the first three chapters of, of First John are laying down the conditions that this joy can be obtained and how it remains in us. Then in chapter four and five, he exhorts the people to practice the principles that he already laid out. And then finally, he, he uh, ties it all together for us in uh, 5, 12 through 13. Um, the main essential for our joy to be full, you have to be in fellowship with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. Uh, you will never know any joy until you know Christ. He is the source of joy. If you don't have joy, you might not have Christ. He is central. He is essential he is the beginning and the end. Through Him, we have access to God. And through Him, we have fellowship with God. So what does that look like? The first three chapters of 1 John laid out for us. So we need to find out how to have fellowship with God so that our joy may be full. Number one, we can't have sin if we're going to have fellowship with God and His Son, Jesus Christ, so our joy may be full. Uh, 1 John 1, 
5 through 6. This is the message that we, uh, sorry, which we have heard from him and declare to you that, uh, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So if you lack earnestness in your repentance and tolerate sin in any area of your life, it will immediately hinder your growth in Christ and eliminate fruitlessness and totally drain your joy. So you wonder why you're not joyful? That's why you're allowing sin and you're not confessing and repenting and things like that. Number two, if there is a lack of love for the brothers and sisters in Christ, if you're going to have fellowship with God and His Son, Jesus Christ, so that your joy may be full, you have to be in fellowship with the people of God. That means more than coming to church on Sunday. You've got to be actively involved in your brothers and sisters' lives. You've got to, you've got to uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's like a mandatory thing, but you've got to show up. You've got to uh, make yourself available for your brothers and sisters, you know, and, and, and get to know us get, uh, so we can get to know you and things like that. That's, that's one thing that will drain your joy. You can't do it on your own. You can't. I've tried. <laughs> I've tried for a time, you know, and I'm ashamed of that, you know. You're not, not being connected with some of the brothers, and, you know, but that's, that'll, dra- that'll drain your joy. And it says in 1 John 2, 7 through 11, 1 John 2, 7 through 11, Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but in an old commandment, which you have you've had from the beginning, the old command, commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you, you which the thing is true in him, and in you, I'm sorry, and I'm, I think I typed it up wrong here. So 2, 7 through 11. Let me read it out of the word here. Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He, love, he who loves his brother abides in light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he's going because he is in the dark. I'm sorry, because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Now, how's that? I mean, how's that apply to you? And I mean, if you just show up on Sunday for a couple hours and then you you run out the door, you I mean, how are you supposed to get to love your brother? How are you supposed to get to know your brother? Uh, There's times that the church meets up and do we want to get to know you? We want you to know us and. That's how we get to love each other and know each other and, and pray for each other, like Pastor Rick said earlier, and all these things. Um, we, we will initially be completed only, and this is uh, when we have mutual fellowship in Christ among the members of the church is restored. So then, and only then, the church will begin to enter in the full joy of its Lord. And 
like like when I saw the Joneses walk in this morning, I, was, I forgot they were coming back. I was, I was like, you're back. You know, I was, it was like they're back. Uh, I mean, they, you know, they weren't not members anyways, but when they got back here, I was like so excited, you know. So, but you, got, you can experience that with this body. You can't be a, like a dead arm on the side of the body. I mean, you've got to be connected to the body. And you'll experience joy doing that. And it's, it's hard work and, you know, you, and you learn to pray and things like that. So we will initially be completed only when the fellowship in Christ among the members of the church is restored. Uh, number three, if there is love for the world, you will always, uh, you will always, I'm sorry, if there is love for the world that draws you away from fellowship with God and His Son, Jesus Christ, so that your joy may be full. So, if the world slowly is drawing you away, your joy will, won't be full and your fellowship will wean from God and His Son, Jesus Christ. You can't do it on your own. 1 John 2.15-17 says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. And I found this interesting that these verses interlock. You look at 15, 2.15, it says, Love of the world comes from the world in 16. 17, the world is passing away. Then 15, the love of the Father. 16, comes from the Father. 17, the one who abides forever. So they interlock, and that's the difference. Love of the world, love of the Father. Comes from the world, comes from the Father. So there's two different, two different things here. You can't, you can't be of the world and of the Father. Um, so considering these sobering uh, propositions from Richard Owen Roberts, in his book, Repentance, the First Word of the Gospel, page 29. As citizens of the kingdom of darkness, we are not fit subjects of the kingdom of light. Therefore, we must repent. Uh, ha- uh, sorry, uh, As citizens of the kingdom of the world, we are barred from citizenship and the kingdom of heaven. For no man can serve two masters. Therefore, we must repent. Um. As citizens of the kingdom of Satan, we have interest in loyalties that have no place in the kingdom of God. Therefore, we must repent. As citizens of the kingdom of death, we can find no place in the kingdom of life. For it is not a place of cadavers and, or dead men or cemeteries. Therefore, we must repent. As active citizens in the kingdom of evil, we cannot be admitted to the kingdom of righteousness nor neither evil nor evil ones are permitted to enter. Therefore, we must repent. As citizens of the perishing kingdom, we we have nothing to do with any imperishable kingdom. Therefore, we must repent. As citizens of the kingdom of the flesh, we do not belong in it and could not uh, relate to it, of the kingdom of the spirit. We must repent. So in speaking the kingdom of God, we are, are speaking not of a democracy, but a monarchy. Uh, there is no voting there. The kingdom belongs to the king. He is the sole authority. So even if the world of men reject God, 
The world remains what God uses to pull His elect out of. Uh, Number four, finally, uh, stay away from false teaching. Anti, or sorry, stay away from false teaching slash antichrist. Um, That will draw you away from your fellowship with God and and your joy won't be full. Um, 1 John 2, 18-23 says, Little children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. But which we know that the, the last hour, they went out of us, but they were not of us. For if they have been of us, the world have continued with us, but they went out went out that they might be made manifest, that none of them were of us. But you have, you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things, and I have written to you uh, because you do know the truth. But because you know it, and that, and that no lie is in the truth, who is a liar, but who denies the, the Lord Jesus Christ? He is Antichrist, who denies the Father and the Son, and whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So although false teachers claim to have fellowship with Christ, they are walking in darkness, and that proves their lack of genuine salvation. Um, and it says back in 1 John 1.6, he who says, I'm sorry, that was 2.6, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we, do not lie, or we, we lie and do not practice the truth. So they lie. They do not practice the truth. They are saying they have fellowship with them. You can't if you lie and do not practice if do not practice the truth. Do not be deceived by the false teaching that you can have Christ and there could be no change, that somehow you can live a lifestyle as evidence of any change. Your life more looks like the world because your love for it and your lack of love for the brothers and sisters. So in conclusion, Brothers and sisters, stay in fellowship with God and His Son, Jesus Christ, so that your joy may be full. Stay away from sin uh, hard enough. Stay, uh, serve with the brothers and sisters in, in church. That's why that, they'll help you uh, in this walk. Uh, um, don't grow in sinful love for the world. Stay away from false teaching. Uh, John Angle James, uh, English nonconformist, said, the Christian then ought to be both joyful as well as a righteous man. His religion should not adorn his character with the beauties of holiness, but array his countenance with the smile of peace. Yet how few seem to rise to this privilege. If we look into the Bible, we might expect to see all who really believe it and live under its influence. As so many happy spirits carrying about with them the springs of their own felicity, independent alike of the joys of the sorrows of the morality, neither greatly elevated by one nor much depressed by the other. And yet we look at the great bulk of professors of religion. We are sadly disappointed. And even in the reference to their happiness, as well as their conduct, and led to ask, what do you have more than others? The first three chapters of First John are laying down the conditions that this joy can be obtained and how it is to remain in us. And also I said that 1 John 5, 12, 13 ties it all together for us. So let's finish with these verses. 1 John 5, 12 through 13. 
He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Let's pray. Almighty God, I'm so thankful, Lord, for this, uh, this book of 1 John. I'm grateful to you and um, just being able to read it over and over again over the years. And I just pray that you would help it to sink into to my life as well as my brothers and sisters. I hope that they would grow through the, the book of 1 John to know that they could have the fullness of joy that you offer in your son, Jesus Christ, and the fellowship with you, Lord. Thank you for this church. Thank you for my brothers and sisters here. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.